Welcome to the True Face Podcast, where we discuss principles that help us live beyond the mask. My name's Robbie Angle, and I'll be your guide as we learn how to increase trust and experience grace in our relationships with God, ourselves, and others. Let's jump into this week's conversation. I couldn't be more excited because we have back one of the founders of True Face, a mentor, a friend, Bill Thrall in his 80th year on the earth. Bill, you are the OG of True Face. Welcome back to the podcast. How are you feeling today? Stuck in your home during Corona Just times. Actually doing really well. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Arizona has decided to leave the golf courses open. Come on. So, so I'm, I'm having a great time. One of my grandsons and I are forced to play two or three times a week. That is awesome. How's your game? It's really gotten good playing all this golf. I, I'm not one to brag. Of course, you know me. But, <laughs> but last week, for the first time in my life, I shot my age. Oh, that is amazing. That's no, it awesome. is. I don't want anybody to know that, but I'm just mentioning it. Yeah, yeah. Now. It'll just be between you and I. Um, Thank you. So I want to jump in. Uh, We talked a little bit about the story you're going to share with us today. And uh, it's it's um, intriguing to me and I I can't wait to process it. So let's jump in and talk about a story from your life and then we'll unpack it a little bit. Thank you, Robbie. Um, The story that that I want to share with you is uh, is a principle now that we teach. And that is uh, imagine having the courage to be able to ask everyone that you have influence in their lives the question, how am I affecting you? I learned this lesson from my children. Years ago, when our son was 15 and our daughter 13 and our our little girl was eight, Young Life put out a a questionnaire for families, and it was really well done. And, And Grace and I looked at it, and we said to the children, would you guys like to go up to the God's cabin, and let's go through this together. And to our surprise, they all said yes. So we went up. I think it was 10 or 12 pages. It was very simple. Uh, It would say dad reads, mom reads, child reads. And whoever the reader was, you would read the question twice and you would say go. So it became my turn. The question was, all right, everybody, if there was one thing about your dad you could change, what would it be? If there was one thing you change about your dad, what would it be? Go. And all three children, like in an instant, without looking at each other, wrote something down. And the next question was, if there was one thing you change about your mother, what would it be? And if there was one thing you change about your mother, what would it be? And the pause was deafening. <laughs> they, they, they weren't writing anything. And I said to him, write something. <laughs> and, and, and years later, no one in our family can remember what they wrote for mom. Something like she makes me make my bed or what? Well, just nothings. Yeah. And so I said to the children, uh, I said to our son, 15 year old son, what did you write? And he wrote impatient. Mm. And our 13 year old daughter just started crying. She just turned her paper around and she had written the word impatient. And our eight-year-old had written the word impatient. And I didn't know it. I could honestly say I was blind to what they'd written. And because there's such a teacher in me, my immediate reaction was, well, let's do something about this. So the next time I'm impatient, I want you to tell me. 
And our son said, Dad, you're the last person I would talk to when he's impatient. And so I, I realized I wasn't getting anywhere. So I said to the kids, um, look, remember when you were real little, we would give you a star if you did something right. And they would give you 10 cents. By the way, this was long ago. So, so it was 10 cents. And they said, yes. I said, well, I want you to do that for dad. I want you just to write it down when I'm impatient. And because I was going to learn something, I said, I'll give you 50 cents. And they all kind of looked at me and our middle daughter just kept crying, crying very hard. I'll come back to that in a minute. So we went home and, and this is hanging over me. And about a week later, our little eight year old sits me down on the couch and she says, Dad, you owe me $17 and 50 cents. <laughs> and and I realized, I mean, it was it was so profound and that our 13 year old daughter and I took a couple of years to process the effect of my impatience in her life. And this is the story she tells. She wasn't as quick as her dad. So therefore, somehow she felt like she just wasn't measuring up that no matter how hard she tried, I was dissatisfied with her. Mm. Broke my heart. And, and yet, uh, because of her courage and our willingness, we worked that through. And, and uh, so I say to a lot of leaders, uh, it's incredible that you are able to say to those closest to you, like maybe your wife or maybe, maybe your children or your associates, how am I affecting you? Now, here's the key to this whole thing. Never ask that question if you don't have the integrity to hear the answer. What do you mean by that? If I say to you, Robbie, Robbie, how am I affecting you? And you tell me, and instead of responding to you, I react to you. I defend myself. I have not asked with integrity. Mm. I, I have only asked to kind of appease myself as if I really want to know, I will not react to your response. Mm. If I really want to know, I will respond to you, mm. to your response. I mean, not, not, not bragging on me, but, but that day I did not react to my children's accusation of their father's impatience. Mm. They were right. I responded to it. Mm. It was a great lesson. Uh, John Lynch, dear friend of ours, part of our ministry for years and years and years. He, he says, I am the most paradoxical man he knows. I teach this principle of impatience and I may be the worst customer in a line in a store in history. So he said, it's like, it's, it, this is not like a once and for all lesson learned. This is an awareness lesson that needs to be applied. And I can't do it without your help. Mm. Whoever the you is in my life that experiences my impatience, they become a profound ally to my reality, a profound ally. Well, when you trust somebody with this question, they become an ally. Absolutely. Well, other than um, just sharing and areas that you might be blind to or blind spots or weaknesses, in what ways... Uh, do they become an ally in your life? Well, because, because what happens is I've given them permission to tell me the truth and they chose to tell me the truth. And, and when I've got somebody alongside me that chooses to be a truth teller, 
believe me, I've got an ally. And it, it may only be in this one area, or it may be in 10 areas, but that person is someone I can trust. Mm. One of the things I'll, I'll say to leaders a lot, I do this a lot, I'll say to leaders, you need to have people in your life that can tell you no. Mm. It's incredible because the people that can tell you no are your allies. They're the ones that have the ability to communicate truth to you. You have to decide if you're willing to hear it. And I can tell if my heart is asking with integrity because of I will either be reactive, which is normally right. defensive or justifying or deflecting. Right. Or blaming. Or blaming. Or I will respond with further question, a follow-up question for clarity with a thank uh, thank you for sharing with me. Thank you for trusting me with that. Is that what the reflect the reaction the reflection compared to the reaction looks like? Yes, and and part of part of the reaction is um, that insight has the profound ability to trigger my shame. I felt shame that day with my children. Mm. It has the profound ability to trigger my shame. And, and I, I know from experience and my privilege of sitting across the table from a lot of people that if your truth triggers my shame, I will react to you. Mm. But if your truth triggers my heart, I will respond to you. How do, how do we become men and women who respond more naturally than our go-to for all of us, which is usually defensiveness, shame, reactivity. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, a, it's a longer answer than two minutes, but I would say to us this. I need to really believe that I am used to my shame defining me. I have to believe that. And I have to believe that there is something God has done and is doing so that my shame does not define me. Hmm. He has created in me a new heart. I need to learn to trust that heart or my shame will define me. Hmm. It, it, it's, it's, so it's a longer answer. There's a lot of, to unpack in what I just said. Yeah. But, but, in, but in reality, if, if I don't have a new heart, no matter who I am, well, whoever that person is that doesn't have a new heart, the response can only be from shame. Yeah. So that's, that, that, the, that's the theology identity piece that has to be in place for our shame to be quieted. Exactly. The second, the other side of that coin is, like you said earlier, you've got to have those people, though, that you have spent the time and made the deposits and journeyed the road together with in order to be able to trust them more deeply with that last 10%, that area of your life that might come up when you ask them this hard question of how am I affecting you? Because man, this is a vulnerable question. It, amen. Everything you just said, amen and amen and amen. So it's like, it's, it's, it's like this. I say, in fact, I've, I've got two people rattling in my brain right now that I've just done this with. Hmm. And, and, and one of them said, uh, maybe for the first time in 20 some years of marriage, he asked his wife truly how she, he was affecting her. Mm. And she did not answer him. She said to him something like, I don't believe you really want to know. Wow. 
I mean, really, that, that, that to me was an answer of integrity. Yeah. I don't believe you really want to know because you've never listened to me. Yeah. I mean, you know, that, that, that's an answer of integrity. And I'm right in the middle of that conversation with that couple. I mean, literally this week, next week, right in the middle of that conversation. And I keep honoring her for the courage to tell him the truth. Wow. That's amazing. Here, here's, here's what the issue is. Uh, he is saying to his wife, I would like you to tell me I'm affecting you. Yeah. And she is saying, I don't believe you. I don't think you really want to know what I have to say. And I'm, and I'm saying to her, thank you for your courage. And I'm saying to him, what do we have to learn so that you can actually hear her? You don't hear her well. That's awesome. So that is to the equation of our ability to be trusting in that relationship and to be able to have the skills to ask that with sincerity and show the person our integrity. Exactly. It, I was on a call yesterday with a close friend of mine, Clay, who's going to be on the podcast. And he, he, he modeled this for me now that I have words around it without me asking him the question. He said, Hey, uh, can I ask you a question and reflect something to you? And I said, sure. And he, and he spoke directly to something that he knows as we've worked together for eight years is a weakness of mine and said, I just hope you, you know, are, are, are doing that with intentionality in this season. And it was like the most direct life giving <laughs> critical <laughs> feedback that was just a hundred percent blessing because of the time and the relationship. I trust him entirely and his heart and his sincerity and his love for me as a friend that you, you go straight past shame, straight past, um, right. straight past blaming and go, Oh yeah, I can trust him fully. So I'll just receive it. And it's all gold. It, Amen. It, Great example. It's like a cheat sheet. It, it's a cheat sheet to accelerate it in my maturity because he has objectivity that I don't and I can't, which is just, it was such a, a beautiful example of the power of how relationships with others modeled in a question like, how am I affecting you? Can give us clarity that can only come from someone else because they have objectivity. We cannot have objectivity. We are subjective to our own perspective. Just think of yesterday with your friend. You chose to receive it, Mm. and it changes everything. Mm. If I don't choose to receive it, nothing changes. Mm. Wow. I... uh... So just to close the loop, I sent you and Grace uh, an email last night that was in response to receiving his feedback of making sure I'm intentional relationally to honor people instead of moving on to the next to do because you know I like oh, to get wow. stuff done. And so, oh wow! Uh, wow! Just Good for you. That was a great email too, and I went out of the blue. I'm blessed. Good well, for you. You can text Clay. He, he, uh, I, okay. <laughs> I'll do it. Um, that's a fun. Uh, it, it also reminds me. It's just such a cool exercise that Young Life provided decades ago. That. How yes. we can provide tools to help each other experience more authentic community is just so in line with this season of what we're doing with True Face and 
Um, fun fact, Bill, I don't, I, I think I've told you this. My parents met at Frontier Ranch at a Young Life camp with yes. teenagers. So I am alive because of uh, Young Life. So uh, they met and then later, yeah, my dad was on student staff with Young Life. I was student staff with Young Life in Florida and and they apply some of this. Uh, they apply grace so well through the context oh, of relationships. Ab- absolutely. It's absolutely. Had, it's had a huge impact on my life as well. Um all right, another question, real quick. Uh, did you actually pay up the seventeen fifty to your? I did. Son? Thank, thank you very much. I did. And by the way, I can't remember the year, but uh, she was eight. That was forty years ago. So uh, that was a lot of money. I mean, that was like maybe seventy five, a hundred bucks. I mean, it was a lot of money. That's she. She loved it <laughs> for an eight year old. My eight year olds yeah. would lose their mind. I don't. You just think about that. Yeah, of course, my my eight year olds would spend their entire day trying to get me to be impatient. They would <laughs> consistently poke at me uh, just to make more money. Um, but that's a whole nother podcast issue. Um, so he, a, another question. Uh, so I want to do with you. We we can cut this out later. But um, we've been doing life together for a few years. Uh, how am I affecting you in this season? Yeah. Right now, yeah, yeah. Well, I I'll, I'll use last night's email. You're blessing me. Hmm. You're blessing me. I, I really mean that. I I feel Robbie like like we're in a season where you are being faithful to what you believe God's called you to do, and um, and so I'm I am blessed by your influence personally and and in the direction of the ministry. Uh, I I am very very encouraged by your willingness to be a truth teller in my life. You don't hesitate. You're clear, and I'm blessed by you because of that. Mm-hmm. Thanks for sharing that. How could I love you more effectively in this season of transition and and collaboration? Yeah, I think I think we answered part of that last week when we agreed to get back together again. Mm-hmm. I think those those times when we're not together is not good. Yeah. So, so one of the ways for you and I to experience our relationship is to be intentional yeah. about, about being together. And, and and it's not like it's both of us have said, it's not like we have to have some major issue to talk about every week. Yeah. It's just just the touch uh, is really, really valuable. I don't I don't work well in a vacuum. Yeah. I never have. I, I work best when significant others are feeding into my experience every day. I really do. That's good. Uh Thanks, and I and I am looking forward to that more intentionality and and uh, and knowing that you know it's a recent knowledge even just now of sharing the the patterns of which you work best and the the independence versus collaboration and the cadence and the frequency to that. So thanks for sharing that with me. Um, You're welcome. As we wrap up, uh, we got two questions. What is life giving to you right now, and what are you learning? Uh, life giving uh, to me right now is uh, the extra special time that Grace and I are spending because we're together. And uh, today uh, we go for a drive every Wednesday 
usually end up going nowhere. We just get in the car and drive. <laughs> and just, and uh, we're going to do that again today. And we're just going to drive for an hour or two and then come home. Uh, that's been real, real special. Hmm. Um, and, it, and I can tell one of the reasons that I'm feeling it so special is because of how much it means to her. Hmm. Boy, that, that is just really, really critical. And and the learn the learning is is um, an awareness of this guy who is me so social. How do I keep from going bonkers when when I don't get a chance to be with people? Mm-hmm. And and so that's that's being like I just said with you, learning to be able to um, be on the phone, be on Zoom, be on. FaceTime just to give me a chance to reconnect. I need that. And I'm learning how much I need that. It's it's a it's an amazing thing. I love my wood shop. I tease people and say to them, there's not a weed in my garden. Uh, but but in spite of all of that, I still need people and I'm learning how much I need them. So I'm really encouraged by it. That's awesome. This podcast has been a ton of fun. Uh, Bill, thanks for joining this podcast. This was a ton of fun. And thank you guys for listening and being a part of this podcast. Our goal is to help you experience and apply grace into your everyday life through sharing stories and then processing those principles of them as we all learn to live beyond the mask. Share this with your friends. Like it. Give it five stars. Subscribe to it. We're thankful for you guys. See you next time.